want to bring in John Reed, president of the Toronto Police Association, who joins us Thursdays at this time. Good to have you. Good morning, Alex. Thank you very much for having me today. Boy, it's been a busy week. Um, and not, not good headlines at all. We've got this headline involving a 12-year-old girl killed, murdered, a, you know, police say at the hands of another 12-year-old boy who's now in court charged with second-degree murder. And I don't know if he's the youngest to be charged with this kind of crime, but he certainly is one of. Uh, we just didn't see these kinds of things before, John. Um, and look, he's going to be released. I'm not sure what the conditions will be, but that's how our youth laws work. I do think there's going to be a lot of pressure about our youth laws and changing them. How could we improve them? I mean, they've, they've been in place since I certainly, uh, when they were updated when I was working course, but where, where could we change them that would make more sense? So, so I think first off, you know, this is an absolutely tragic situation for everybody involved. Um, you know, these situations end up impacting, obviously, the individuals involved, both the victim, uh, the accused, and also our police officers responding to these calls. Um, and I think ultimately, we need to look at the youth justice system and review it um, you know, in, in great detail. Because I think, as you pointed out, the offenders in a lot of these situations are becoming younger and younger. Um, you know, I think we also have to look at the threshold for people to understand you know, what they're doing. You know, to put it in perspective, like this individual is 12 years old. Mm-hmm. He's in grade six. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that, you know, he just turned 12. Yeah, just turned 12, uh, apparently. Yeah. So he's going to grade six or grade seven. Um, but you put him back in the classroom? I mean, I understand there's a protection f- for a child charged under youth crime. But where is the protection then? Because I think a lot of people, they'll all know who he is in the neighborhood. And I, you would think, okay, where's the protection for society at large? Well, I think that's a question that, that, quite frankly, should be asked for uh, any age, any individual that's involved in a violent offense. I think we have to look at when do we start putting the um, uh, the benefit or the onus on the courts to make sure we protect society first, you know, protect society's rights, protect the rights of the individuals in the classrooms, which this person may be with, in society. And that's what we really need to turn our minds to. And this is something we've been asking for. Uh, from the federal um, uh, government, and we're not getting it. No, you're not going to get it. And they're just sitting on their hands. Yeah. Well, we can't. Yeah. We can't even get bail reform. We can't even get gun, yeah. you know, legislation. We can't. There's nothing. They're not. They're not interested. I think that's. I think very, very uh, clear. But it's certainly. I mean, these headlines are now kind of becoming so normalized, John, that they just. It's just like, oh, okay, and then it just goes into the pile. Then we've got this. Uh, well, I, yeah. Go ahead. I was, I was saying, and to your point. You're absolutely right. This is becoming normalized, and uh, we talked about this before. And where's the public outrage? The public pressure. Yeah. This needs to come from the public. The public need to make it clear to the federal government they are not happy with the way things are going with their laws. They're not happy with the way victims are being yeah. treated and witnesses, and they need to be protected. And those, the rights of those people, need to be put above the rights of the accused. Well, we've certainly seen polling that Canadians want tougher action. I'd be curious to know about youth laws, but I do, I do certainly hear more of a conversation about it. We've got this story about the uh, body of an elderly, elderly man. This is someone who was killed in a hit-and-run Tuesday. It was that stifling hot 42-degree day. And um, Sean O'Shea was just one of the reporters on scene that day for Global. And, you know, he talked about this on Twitter, talking about the fact that the body was under that bag for six hours. Like, forensics had cleared hours ago. The coroner had left hours ago, and it, they just—they were waiting for a crew. But here's how Sean O'Shea uh, explained it. The man's body was left under the tarp in 32-degree weather, 42 with the heat index, for at least six hours. 
the coroner had left, the truck had been taken away, uh, the police were there guarding the body, but it's shocking to me that on a, the, the hottest day of the year, one of the hottest days of the year, they couldn't get that body out of there. It was just terrible to see. It is terrible to see. But I, I mean, they don't generally leave bodies hanging around too long, John, but do we have a shortage here? I mean, honestly, it's just like basic dignity for the deceased. Um, I can't even imagine how awful that would be. But but are we, do we have a shortage in body removal? Uh, so in body removal, I'm not sure. Uh, I think the reality is, you know, um, we can end up in certain situations where there are larger demands on different areas uh, of the public service. Than a it's dead body? Instant. Uh-huh. I, it depends. I, I really don't, I can't account for what took so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I, I believe the coroner's office is being reached out to to find out uh, what their processes are. And but do your officers happens. have a say in it? Like, would they be able to say, guys, like, we can't leave this here? Because I don't think they no, want to have can't. it out there. No, we don't. That's not our function. And, and the function is of the coroner's office because the coroner has control of that body. And we have to ensure that that body is preserved uh, for the coroner's office to come retrieve it and then take it off to the coroner's office. Um, I, I'm sure that there were attempts made by uh, our folks to try and expedite things. Uh, but once again, that's going to be a question for the coroner's office to find out um, what was taking that amount of time for their response. That's crazy. It was a very hot day. And uh, yep. if the coroner's left, it's like, okay, take the body with you. Um, just want to make sure yep. we get light on this because I didn't know about this. And it was only because you guys sent out a, a thought, a thoughts and prayers and certainly your feelings on it. But these three OPP officers in Dryden stabbed. And of course, here we go again, the accused on release for yet another incident back in 2022 for assaulting a cop. Judge gave him a conditional sentence order, which means, well, you get to get, you get to serve your sentence in the community, right? So they, the judge knows, as we see so often, that the, all the warning signs are there, that this is a bad person who does bad things. There's the warning that he tried to hurt a cop. And now he's gone on allegedly to stab three others, but it's the same recycle, reverse release, whatever. And it's, again, benefit of the debt where it's not deserved. Yeah, so first off, on behalf of like the TPN, our members, we want to send our support to those officers injured and hopefully make a full recovery. But secondly, I, I feel like a broken record. Because yeah. you and I have talked about this over and over. And here you have an individual uh, back December 3rd, 2022. He's charged with assault police. And once again, he gets a conditional um, sentence order. And again, this happens. And we're very fortunate we didn't actually lose any officers in this incident. Because my understanding, the, the weapon was actually a sword. That was involved. Oh, well, that's normal. So we, we need to make, oh, yeah. But, but, but I, to your point, John, a lot of people are now walking around with machetes and swords like it's a thing. When did that become a thing? Well, that's a great question, I think. I don't know whether, um, you know, they're weapons of opportunity for people sometimes. Uh, it's just, yeah. it, it's, it is. It's, it's, un, you know, it's uncommon here in Toronto, but becoming more common. And, you know, the level of violence yeah. when those weapons are involved is rather extreme. We've got to make sure that people understand that is not normal here in Toronto and we don't expect it, but we have to ensure that, you know, our officers are protected, the public are protected and the courts do what they have to do to keep these individuals behind bars. Yeah, agree. But I think we're still a long way off. And so we'll keep talking about it, John. Rinse, recycle, repeat. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. John Reed joining us, um, and he's right. Again, there is no, I, it's going to take a change of government, period. This government's had a number of years to change what they broke, and they haven't. They're not getting tougher on crime at all, and they won't.